SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Joining us on the line is Sharon Sweet, Campus Program Coordinator with a B.Ed. in Foundation Phase Teaching based at the Embry Institute for Higher Education. And uh, she's going to help us uh, unpack this question. Is ADHD considered a disability? Welcome to Lifetime Live, Sharon. Yes, good day, Sandra. How are you? I'm, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good, very, very good. Thank you. So attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, it's quite common in, in, in today's children. And it's estimated that there's 8 to 10% of children in South Africa that have ADHD. So when parents are considering, you know, managing this at home, it obviously doesn't end there because the children spend most of their time at school as well. So teachers need to also learn to, to, to manage this. Is this something that's happening in the classroom that teachers are playing their role in managing ADHD? Before we, we, we answer that question, if it should be a disability or not. It's definitely not a disability, it's a disorder. And that is why it's called attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And there's three subcategories of this disorder. And they are inattention, hyperactivity, impulsivity, and the last one is combined, which is a combined of the two together. So you have different subcategories of ADHD and which is definitely not a disability and many parents make that mistake and think oh there's something wrong with my child they've got a disability it is most definitely not a disability it is just a disorder and it's something that the child parents and the teacher can work together with and make it work for them. And I mean, where does that come from, that the parents are being made to feel like if they if children have ADHD, there's a problem? So is that maybe then an, an issue with the classroom and teachers not understanding how to deal with this? Yes, it, it, the teachers and the parents would see it as a problem because, of course, the child battles to sit still. And um, if we think of, you know, Tigger and Winnie the Pooh, um, how he bounces all over the show, basically... Some of the children that have ADHD, they tend to bounce all over the show and they cannot concentrate or focus. However, that being said, we also have the inattention ADHD, where the child sits quietly in the classroom and doesn't do much and they forget things because they cannot focus, they're easily distracted. And they don't bounce all over the show, they're quiet in the classroom. So immediately they are labeled that there's something wrong, they're slow, they are developmentally delayed, whereas actually that is not the case they have inattention ADHD. So that is called ADHDI, um, which is actually the hardest ADHD to diagnose in a child. Why is that? Uh, because um, immediately when a child sits quietly and subdued in the classroom, you immediately think that there's something wrong with the child, whereas actually there's nothing wrong with the child. The child's just merely obviously bored, so they switch off and they start thinking of other things in the classroom that's happening, or possibly they hear the bird twirping in the tree, or they hear somebody mowing the lawn, and then they focus into that instead of the actual classroom because now they're bored, so they can't concentrate on something that does not interest them because they prefer to concentrate concentrate on things that interest them. So, so is it, uh, I'm just thinking now, that children with ADHD are also creative children, and how does one differentiate between whether exactly. a child is a Absolutely. creative or yes. they have ADHD? A, a crea- I love that. Yes, they are creative. It, let's just think of Walt Disney. How, how creative was that man? Um, he created Walt Disney, Disneyland, Mickey Mouse, all these wonderful characters. He was ADHD. 
And look how well he did in life, but he never fitted in the actual classroom. He also never fitted in the actual working world. He got fired. And look where he was, where he became today, so well known. Even if we look at Einstein, he's also ADHD. We even have other well-known um, actors that are ADHD because they think differently. Uh, they're mm. totally wired differently to what we are. And and they actually are very creative in thinking. And they think totally different and out the box. And you say it's not a disability, it's a disorder. Be- yeah, because yes. you say children with ADHD are capable of learning and, and developing. It's yes. just that the type of, of learning or the way they are taught it must be a different approach. Yes, uh, very much so. You have to... Uh, have a total different approach with a child with ADHD because they battle to focus, they battle to follow rules, uh, they battle to fit into um, the box, they want to think out the box, they want to think totally different. And of course, they also respond differently to children that do not have ADHD. And immediately you think when you hear this, that your child has ADHD, that they have a disability, and it's not, it's a disorder. So all they've got to do is they've got to learn coping mechanisms and coping skills to be able to fit into your classroom. And of course, one day in the work world when they're growing up and adults. So they have to learn how to fit in. And it's absolutely nothing wrong with the child that has ADHD. And they can be in a normal mainstream classroom and not have to go to a special school just because they have ADHD. We're talking to Sharon Sweet here on Lifetime Live about ADHD, uh, whether this should be considered a disability or not. And we're saying no, it's not a disability. It's a disorder. You know, my heart goes out, Sharon, to those children who are from underprivileged backgrounds or even rural backgrounds where teachers themselves don't even have the resources to try and help a child or the education is not there and the child is simply seen as being you know, naughty and uh, rebellious because of uh, their struggles with ADHD. Yes. The the good thing is is to always remember to have um, ideas and resources ready in the sense of practical tips. So, for instance, the good thing is to have rules and boundaries for the child. And a child with ADHD also needs to have a good routine. You also need to be able to allow the child to respond preferably orally instead of always having to write their work down. Another mm. good thing is to eliminate distractions. So um, don't put them by a window where they're going to stare out the window. Um, give them a checklist to work on. Um, when you're talking to them, insist that they make eye contact with you because when you're talking to them and they do not make eye contact, they've lost, they've lost you. You know, they've, they've gone into their own goal, um, world. Another very important thing is, is we tend to give them extra work because they're not coping in the classroom. Now, that could be the worst thing you could give a child with ADHD because now you're, you're giving them extra work and they feel like they're being punished more than anything else. Mm. Rather keep their homework to a minimum rather than giving them extra homework. And, of course, reinforce their good behavior. So when they do something good, reinforce them and tell them, wow, that is fantastic what you've done. Well done. I'm so proud of you. Let's see if you can do this. And rather keep the task in minimum instead of giving them these great big chunks of work to do. Then they look at this and they go, oh, my gosh, I've got to do all of this. When basically you could break it down for them instead of giving them a whole workbook, give it to them in pieces and say, I would like you to do page 23. Don't tell them to do page 23 to 27 because now already you've lost them because it's like, oh, so much. I'd rather not do that. So break it down for them and be free, be consistent.
And remember, never negotiate with a child. As soon as you start negotiating, you opened up a whole can of wounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so, I mean, the the three, you, t- you talk to us about the most uh, common types, and then it's the yes. three, the attention, the hyperactivity, and, com- and the combination of the two. Which one is more uh, common? The most, co- the most common one is actually funny, the combined one. The one that has got, let me give you an idea, the inattention is when the child lacks attention, the child is easily distracted. They are easily occupied with other things, and they become like a daydreamer. They generally come over shy or quiet. This is, of course, the inattention. This is ADHDI. Then you've got the, which I call the Tigger ADHD, which is the hyperactivity where the person is extremely active. They always want to be disrupted in the classroom. They're better to keep time. They uh, start disrupting other children because they become bored. They fidget. They always want, they're always on the go. Then you get the combined ADHD, and that is where it's the two together, and it's the symptoms of inattentive as well as hyperactivity, which this is the most common time. Is there anything that parents can do in terms of diet? You know, they say, many people say diet is, is involved in it, and many people say diet has got nothing to do with it. So if we have a look at different researchers, some people say, yes, diet has got a huge play in it, and what the child is eating and um, what they're consuming. And some parents will say they won't feed the child with anything that is orange because their child bounces off the walls with it. And then some people say, but it's not true. And um, my child eats products with orange in it and they don't bounce off the walls. So basically you've got some people that are saying, yes, it is the diet, and some people that say, no, it's not diet-related. So they can't really pinpoint it to being diet-related. But that mm-hmm. being said, if we feed our children lots of unhealthy food, this is going to affect their concentration. Um, and a lot of parents tend to send chips to the school with a child and a sucker and a scissor because it's the easier food to pack. But it's the more unhealthy choice for the child. And, of course, if you think if you eat too many chocolates and sweets, you yourself either feel lethargic yeah. or you have too much energy. Now, that will be the same with a child. So just how some people react to different foods, the child is the same. Okay, so just quickly and finally, Zola wants to know that uh, where can, when can she go or, or he go to get help because they think their son has uh, ADHD? Well, that is wonderful. The first thing is, is, of course, to accept. The hardest thing for any parent is acceptance. Um, they're always better to accept that something is wrong with their child. Well, there's nothing wrong with your child. So it's great that somebody feels that their ch- child needs to be assessed. And the teacher is not the person that diagnoses the child. The teacher is qualified as a teacher, and that is her job. She will recognize it and pick it up. So the right person to start off with is the teacher. However, then you need to also then work with the teacher and the parent. And then the teacher should recommend either a doctor or a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And the most importantly, if you can afford it, of course, a neurologist, because ADHD is to do with the brain. So if you can afford a neurologist, that will be best. But it's really good to work with your teacher, your doctor, and have the child properly assessed because often children are diagnosed with ADHD and they could possibly have another disorder that is slightly putting them off the track and they could actually have another disorder like CAPD Mm -hmm. or something else instead of ADHD. So it's really important that we have our children diagnosed correctly. All right, thanks so much. Let's leave it there, Sharon. We are out of time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you, you too. Thanks. Thank you. That, that's how we end Lifetime Live. I'll-